Don't you know the rules? What rules? You don't... Jesus Christ, you don't know the rules? Uh, have an aneurysm, why don't you? There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. For instance, number one, you can never have sex. <laughs> Big no-no! Big no-no! I'm a dead man. Sex equals death, okay? Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. <laughs> It's a sin. It's an extension of number one. And number three, never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. I'm getting another beer. You want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. Oh! Oh! You see, you push the laws and you end up dead. Okay, I'll see you in the kitchen with a knife. of Cult Following, the podcast brought to you by the fine folks who bring you revival films every month in Tempe, Arizona, Cult Classics AZ. I am one of your three hosts, Victor Marino, along with Kirby Nelson, yes, Adam Rakowski, me, and our special guest host for this edition, Joshua T. Ruth. Me too. Yeah, so this is going to be one of our low-key, in a, not in an Avenger sense, but low-key in a straight-out-of-Compton chillin' sort of editions where we talk about things we're into, collectibles that are coming out. There's a lot of fun stuff on the horizon and some movies we've been watching. So right off the bat, I mean, Kirby, what is some stuff you've been into lately? Well, let's see here. We'll go through the uh, watch list for because usually I'm the one who has the uh, the the most diminished out of everyone in terms of viewership. But uh, I actually have caught up on a ton this past uh, couple weeks. So um, as have I. Yeah, I think everyone's said that. So it's going to be for the a last last bowl. few podcasts that we had. We didn't really have like a whole bunch to chew on. Yeah, you're like, I, oh, well, what, what's out? And I'm like, nothing was really yeah, going on. We've got the cut going on. And for, now. Yeah, and some reason, I don't know, is it because the, the the weather has been so crappy that we just want to like hibernate and well, watch yeah, a bunch well, of stuff? Yeah, we do live in a nether sphere of pain and suffering and heat. <laughs> oh, it's also the end of summer. It's like all the good movies are kind of done coming right. out, right? Yeah. yeah, it just feels like. I mean. I don't know, you know, Netflix purges, and then they bring in the new stuff, and I'm like, ah, oh, I've really wanted to watch that. I finally just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a hoarder. I'm willing to admit it, and I just am finally catching up on all the little like piles of DVDs and Blu-rays the and oodles. books, the oodles, and oodles, the oodles and oodles of them. And then, um, you know, like I said, in the past year or two, I've finally, you know, checked, started checking stuff on Redbox and other venues so i actually started with Redbox. i think i will is that um i really enjoyed housebound yeah, um, yeah which i saw that and then you know i i love new zealand new zealand films and everyone kept saying you need to see uh what we do in shadows 
So I finally sat down and watched that. Enjoy so a good, good. Enjoy a good yeah. horror comedy, and it was excellent. And they it, just announced they're making a, a companion piece to yeah, that. That's what I've heard, yeah. yeah. With the werewolves, not swearwolves. Yeah. Yes. That's, yeah. yeah, the werewolves are led by uh, Jermaine and Jermaine's boss in Flight of the Concords. Yeah, the uh, recent. Yeah. 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 I'm not a big flight. Flight of the Concords, dude. I never have been. I mean, I enjoy it, but it was it was um, it just was well done. I I really liked the flow of it Mm -hmm. that they just kind of you know never went stagnant. They kept moving on, and um, it just developed really well. It was one of those things that actually made me kind of want to go back and watch Flight of the Concords because Mm -hmm. I was like, Mm -hmm. I didn't really like Flight of the Concords, but I love what we do in Shadows so much that like maybe I was missing something. A good a good one I revisited because of that and actually is very much and it has it's it's it has it's directed by the same it has some of the same people in it is a uh, eagle versus shark okay i've never even heard of that but. yeah it's uh it had it's jermaine clement is is in it as well as the guy who the bro kind of guy and okay. what we do who becomes a vampire um actually has video gaming as a big part of it really yeah awesome. uh, he meets this girl at a video game tournament and jermaine is like a super nerd who like people tell me i look like wolverine but I look like Hugh Jackman. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a good movie. So By the way, plug, I just, I want to say in the what we do in Shadows that the guy who played the bro vampire yeah. is exactly how I imagine a bro who ended up becoming a <laughs> vampire would act like. Like, dude, yeah, bro, right. totally. You know, it's like, I mean, like the complete, like, arrogant Jersey Shore, like, you know, rapist kind of attitude. Like, right. it was just, he is exactly... Um, you know, it was it was just spot on. But everybody did. I also like that they had a variety of vampires. Like he was told the one in the basement was the Nosferatu yep. style, mm-hmm. and then yeah, and he just he, he you know was like the silent, but did it perfectly. <laughs> like I mean, I think his is probably the best because he just played. Yeah, up. I loved him. But um, on the other vampire tip is I do not have um, uh, I don't have any kind of cable, so I catch up on a lot of shows via Netflix or. Um, you know, rent, buying whatever, renting, and I actually got a really good discount. Um, and end up getting it. I think after like a coupon, some other stuff, I got the uh, deluxe box set of the Strain for okay. like fifteen bucks. Oh, the it's one the that's the Master's thing, head, right? the Master's head. So, and Guillermo del Toro, I'll give anything he does a chance. And I had heard some. I had never read the books. Um, hadn't had a chance to check it out. Far from perfect, but enjoyable. The the thing I, that it really hit me as is like, God, this is a Stephen King mid miniseries from the nineteen nineties. Oh, that's it is amazing. Yeah, it is very much like the stand. Stand. It is that's totally like the stand and the Langoliers. In fact, it's the exa- I mean, with the plane and all Hopefully that. More stand. Than yeah, the Langoliers. Well, the Langoliers. I love the tension. Bronson Pincott. He should have Pincott. He should have one for that because i mean especially from departing from character he did amazing but uh, enjoyable enough like i i definitely think it's worth a watch uh you can finish the first season like standard like a 10 hour but it, um, it is much better watching it in like one shot yes i i was watching it week by week and it feels terrible that way because right. like it's very it's paced very so you're just you know yeah no and that's where i kind of lost 
well, I, I think we've only watched maybe like the first three or four episodes because we were watching it as it was being aired. Yeah. I think that was to his detriment. And I think it lost like some of the audience over time. Yeah. For that first season. I know it's kind of, it's picked up again. Yeah. The second yeah. season is much better. And I think Guillermo del Toro realizes he has to make it so it flows better as a TV series. Because season one feels like a long movie. Yeah. Because he really hasn't done a TV series no. produced wise or anything like that. So, like uh, uh, an episode a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's called the Silver Angel, and it's it, it you, they the strain is three books, and they've done comic book series. So the Silver Angel is a luchador character, and the way they introduce him on the TV show is really cool. They they the, this character is watching like he's based on Santo, the movie star wrestler. Sure. So he's watching one of the Silver Angels movies from the fifties, and it's deliberately directed like fifty. Like oh, there's nice. bats on strings, and like he fights vampires with like silver cross brass knuckles, and he, like he punches the vampire in the chest, and you, you see electric sparks and stuff. Does uh, how many episodes does Del Toro direct? Uh, like he directed, I think two in the first season, yeah. okay. and in the current season, season two, he directs the ep- the prologues before a bunch of the episodes oh, cool. okay he has some good guest directors too like some familiar names and stuff i mean, i always thought that was one of the things that um i did think worked well at the walking yeah Dead was um, that, and a few other the, shows who's the guy who directed uh hard candy uh david and 30 days of night it's the same director yeah yeah he's directed right. a bunch yeah. of the, right. the so, episodes of it yeah it ended up working i mean like i said not perfect but enjoyable so i i got a, a lot more here so i'll just try to go down the line um i watched uh so this one goes by multitude of titles but it was released uh people may have seen it on vhs back in the day as screamers not the peter weller movie i like Damn. the peter wheeler's peter weller screamer yeah this is the um something waits in the dark it's an italian horror film hmm. and um it was put out i think it's scorpion did it scorpion releasing um you know i always remembered the 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 box art and stuff and i always wanted to see it and it's kind of a what year uh 79 or 80 i think on this one i mean i think it was made in like the late 70s or very like 80 81 but i think it was released a little bit later just in Um, case i go looking for it i'm like yes look at under some weights in the dark um and it is um you know very much like uh kind of remind me of a humanoids from the deep you know it's about basically like you know uh uh not quite an insmith dagan kind of thing like a lovecraftian kind of fish people but uh you know a moreau it's very much an island dr moreau style so um you know i I picked it up cheap i I enjoyed it enough it's got some good special features got a lot of the i think corman brought it to it it's got an interview with joe dante and a bunch of other folks so that was worth checking out um the um I, I'm not going to talk because, I mean, everybody, I'm, I hope most people on the podcast, but I finally watched my Criterion Blu-ray of um, Videodrome, speaking mm-hmm. of Chrome. Oh, I have that, And too. that is um, really a uh, um, beautiful yeah, box really set. Nice the uh, Arrow did a Blu-ray DVD combo that came out, uh, well, you know, when we're taping this, came out like, yes, like a day ago, and then it went out of print the next day. Yeah, I believe uh, it. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much Arrow's Why killing Arrow it, too. Why did Arrow do it? Huh? Why did Arrow do it? They have the UK they have rights. UK rights. It's, oh, it's okay. Arrow UK now. Okay. Yeah, Why doesn't anybody do a like a, a Blu-ray DVD VHS combo for that movie? 
I, you wonder, it's right? Like new I, one of the things I like that got me to buy the Criterion is if you put it on your shelf, it looks like you have a VHS tape. Yeah, on yeah your I shelf. like that yeah. one too. Yeah, yeah I have um, the Criterion. It's yeah. great. Yeah, so it was good stuff. Um, but yeah, really enjoying that. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm gonna go with the stuff. Let's see here. Um, I saw a recommendation for on Netflix. Um, so I checked it out. Is um, Jug Face? Oh yeah, that keeps mm. popping up. Yeah, right. it's. Uh, I, it was, I didn't care for it. Yeah, it's kind of like a. It's kind of like a. I love the idea of like a very backwards. I like cultish kind of stuff. Like children. You of the should corn. watch Honeymoon. It's that's what everyone says. Yeah, it's yeah. very low crafty, and you would yeah. like it. So um, same thing with Spring. I've been dying to I, see people. That's talk very about much like Dagon too. too. Yeah. So interesting. Jug face. I like the premise, and I actually thought the acting was pretty good. It just just didn't work in the end. It just. It kind of fell flat. Um, I love documentaries. Uh, one I watched this this week. I mean, it's it's more like almost like a TV special, but it's it was I me. Mean, it's because I'm I'm vegan. I volunteered in an animal shelter for the last seven years. Um, yeah, animal welfare is very important to me. It's something I care about. So I watch Dogs on the Inside, which is about um, prisoners who are using rehabil low uh, minimum security prisons that have um, canine rehabilitation programs. So they basically um, are using prisoners as fosters for um, dogs and it's you know a great idea uh, heals both parties i'm also very big into prison reform and um you know uh, abolition of the death penalty and stuff i our system is just messed up and that's why i believe those two things personally and it's just something that um if you watch it i think you'll realize that they're you know was that real a netflix potential. one yeah it is on yeah. netflix um it's worth it. checking out so i mean especially or if you just need to feel a little better um it, it definitely will make you um uh you know usually when i see something that yeah, you because know, well, I, I love documentaries. It's really hard, you know, n not to, to find a, a a decent one. But usually, when I see something and it, it it revolves around dogs or animals, I get really scared because I think it's going to go down that road where I'm just going to need like a whole box of tissues next to me. There is like no, the same thing. Like no Mar angel. It's not Marley and me or anything like that. No, no, no. It's just a. It's a very sweet one. And, you know, it's just. It definitely. It's not super political. It's not intense. It's just you know very honest like about sure. how how you know talks about i mean people don't know that the fostering and animal shelter system in our is country it, is real damaged so is it uh kid friendly yeah i would say so i don't i don't remember any kind of profanity or any kind of um you know even the criminal uh you know the prison population mm -hmm. that talk about most of them don't ever mention what they were in for or anything but you know they're in a minimum security so it probably was something where they were assessed to not have right. um, too big an issue you know it's not going to be like child molesters or anything i think just people just made some mistakes and stuff and they're very honest that they did it or felt bad about it but right um on the other end of that is uh i one i've been dying to see and i just bought it outright i i i the people i know who recommended trusted it and that is cub um which is a uh, belgian film um and it's uh it's basically about a group of you know cub scouts go out into the woods and it's very lore of the flies ish not a both among the kids themselves is the degenerate but it's also about that there literally is a kind of like uh the wild child you know this uh you know kind of werewolf of the forest this kid who's stalking him and he's built all these like traps and all this stuff i just don't want to give everything away mm -hmm. but it is 
harrowing. Like it, it, not as it didn't make me like super uncomfortable, but it's what I wanted in a movie, so I'm really glad I picked it up because it it's beautifully shot, excellent score, great acting, and I just I love movies that are willing. I think one of the greatest gambles in filming, film, film in general, and I especially think in horror, that people just don't want is kids who gang killed, but kids who kill. There's a lot of people in this world who just believe that children would never be capable of that, or either under uh, you know extreme circumstances or just in general because they have uh, mental or behavioral disorders, and it's. Or just because, you know, for whatever reason. And that film just worked well. And um, so, highly recommended. I mean, definitely one of my, like, already my top ten. Especially for, like, underground horror. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of good stuff. Um, I'm going to wrap it up here because there's just way too much to talk about. And I want to hear everything else gone. I did see Insidious 3. Um, kind of at the Dollar Theater. I missed it in the original. Uh, not bad, but a letdown compared to especially the first one. Uh, second one I thought was okay. If you get a chance, it's def- it's worth a watch, but mm, don't be blown away. What if I haven't seen any of them? Mm. Can I jump right into number three? You actually could in some respects, but it would be better to watch the first two. It really would, just to get a general. They all are linked together, and it does help. Yeah, but it is more, it is because yeah, it is a yeah. I've 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 kind of I've kind of noticed with like more of the current franchises. Uh, like what you know what like sinister or insidious or you know the, the what's the one annabelle which one is that conjuring based on? annabelle yeah. yeah conjuring stuff is they they kind of have like the 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 thin thread of something that goes through you know through all the sequels or even like paranormal activity where they it's it's not about the the the, the main people anymore it's kind of like the idea of so it that's a shared or something universe. that's yeah it's kind of like a shared universe yeah. well yeah everybody's going for shared universes now right yeah, yeah one of the problems like the insidious movies made is like the main character in all of them they killed off in the first one <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so they have oh, to kind I'll just of mark that one yeah. off my list no <laughs> no because i haven't told you who the main character there is. is so right. yeah i mean they i love the first the viewers yeah <laughs> It worked, but there. Uh, you know, I like I like the Conjuring and stuff. Annabelle was hit or hit and miss overall. Not that great. But I'm just but saying, you Bloom, know, is it like just? Does it seem like more of a trend? I, I think yeah. it's just the Bloom House has become the new Platinum Dunes Dark Castle. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just yeah, what they but, do now. Yeah, it's that Bloom House's problem is all of their movies become franchises, but every single one of them, from The Purge to Insidious, they make like massive decisions in the first one that all of them have to like undo through weird storytelling yeah the retconning is pretty it's not like exactly retconning it's like oh yeah we really like them we should have kept them you know it it just seems very odd because it's okay do you want this to be a franchise or do you not everyone becomes a franchise yet they make like oh yeah these guys no we don't need and then the second one's like no they're the main character now Yeah, the um, the uh, other one I had mentioned I really wanted to see and finally ran was um, Maggie, mm-hmm. uh, the Schwarzenegger Abigail Breslin zombie film. And and you know I I can't. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just there. It's mm-hmm. one of those films you watch it and I don't think I'd ever think about it again. I really wanted. I I mean I was not expecting a tour de force performance from Arnold Schwarzenegger or Abigail Breslin honestly 
I just I liked the idea of a minimalist film with mm-hmm. both of them, and it very that it does succeed. It, it is, does. Yeah. It is very much uh you know, and it is. It's not a, it, the traditional slow burn, but it does have, you know, it, it takes a while to get through and stuff. Uh, I, I liked it. I like the end. I will say that. And, um, you know, again, it's just worth a watch. I mean, people, I think, you know, you know, would you give it, you know, whatever rating system or anything. My, my whole thing, like, comes down to, like, recommending films uh, is I try to be honest and open, of course. And, you know, obviously, if you're like-minded in this respect, yeah. And if you're not, then who knows? But overall, with like a film like Maggie, I'm like, in the end, it just, it's not, it's not going to blow you away. It's just, but is it worth watching? Sure. And that's, I, I could not get past the dialogue. I thought the dialogue, the dialogue is very wooden and very, it's just very blase. It, but visually, well, it looked pretty good. Well, stuff. I don't know if it was necessary blase. I mean, I know the whole, you know, it was everything was desaturated. You know, there's there was a tone to the film. The thing I could not get past is it seemed like it was screenwriting 101. So you have like like Abigail and she was sitting, uh, uh, you know, outside the the farmhouse with the little boy, and and he's like, "What does it feel like?" You know, like these questions that would come up where it just kind of seems like you know, if I was sitting in a screenwriting class, you'd say, you know, that's that that doesn't really get. To like like a realistic core of something interesting to bring up in conversation, it just kind of seemed like 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 overall it was just kind of there. Yeah, it's and, a good it, way and to I kind of was just kind of you know scratching at myself. Here's you a know? perfect way for me, and that might yeah. reflect on what you're saying. It never drew me in. Mm-hmm. I never felt like, oh God, yeah, man, I really I've thought something like that. I felt like, and you know the post-apocalyptic kind of landscape and things like that. Mm-hmm. It, they never really explore it very much. They never, you know, I, I like a film that has leaves you with questions, like you don't know what the virus is or whatever, right? And stuff. But in the end, I just, I just didn't feel anything. Like, and uh, like I said, I just I've watched so many films at this point, or in, it had such an intake. We're at overload point. I think most people in in the world of of information and entertainment and you know it's real difficult but honestly it's like it does get to that basic thing you're talking like a basic screenwriting i think the basic of a film is you know it's it's gonna draw out emotions or or ideas or you know or is gonna ignite your imagination and a lot of these films i mean it's like I, I saw the trailer and I was like, this looks pretty good. Not mm-hmm. great. But what I really was realizing as I, the film kind of started was I was like, they took the easy way out. They could have made this like a super challenging kind of movie. I, I To be honest, like I kind of was hoping he was going to chop her up. Like he was going to like, her arm got infected. He's going to chop it off. You know, like some really like dark kind of like contrast or he was going to kill like somebody was trying like that kind of you know i don't want to give anything away but she you know you expected more like they allow him to have his daughter instead of like sending her to quarantine it's like yeah. well yeah. i i figured he was just going to start killing everyone around him well and stuff like you're talking yeah. about i like, don't know uh, complicated stuff like that happens on the walking dead all the time right. yeah I know? Just, it's, it's not that not hard to do it's it's not it's exact and that's a great point like a walking dead and stuff i mean i i always that was one of my favorite parts about 28 days later was the uh the rebirth program basically you know the idea of what was the repopulation it's like that's what would really happen like i I, in the post-apocalyptic stuff i really 
like i mean i'm a huge fan of the series comic series crossed and people go it's like a lowbrow um walking dead you know it's not as lofty it's very graphic and and base and i said yeah but it's also exactly the way people would react i mean even more than the walking dead the walking dead just does it more eloquently whereas to me no matter which writer it was whether it's garth ennis or alan moore or whatever and alan moore has definitely elevated it again but like i mean i thought some of the best ones like there's a mini wish we wish you were here it's like uh you know it's absolutely one of the darkest ones i think i've ever seen exactly to what people would be like how rotted to the core humanity is Mm -hmm. and it never it's relentless and i just that's exactly the way i think things are sometimes it's not sound so pessimistic Mm -hmm. or nihilistic but and that's all good points what i was trying to say with maggie is just the dialogue is terrible not plot points (laughs) i wasn't looking for anything it is no to like happen it was just that what what a kid would say to another kid who's rotting away those the way that it was presented (laughs) and the way that it was spoken and delivered was just like oh my god i want to claw my face off that it was just so bad I, ha- I have like no scratch like marks, just, but uh, I do. I won't disagree I with you. I couldn't get. I couldn't get. And then um, I think we're going to talk about some collectibles and stuff. So I'll talk about that later. The if last one I just point. wanted to say because yeah, sorry. You said I, last I one before you. the last one. I told you, um, Birdman. You mentioned that last time. No, I actually I watched it. Oh, you Good. watched it. Watched it. Okay. Um, uh, we'll talk about the enemy maybe after the show, but uh, not bad. I liked Whiplash more. Ah, there you go. Oh yeah, sure, Adam. Oh, I'm next. Yeah, please. Okay, so here's my 30 minutes. <laughs> hey, I told you I had a lot going on yeah, I know. here, man. No, Come but on. usually, but the thing is, we usually wrap up with you, and it's just like, oh my gosh, keep go, 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 go. Hey, I, no problem. I finally got real lazy, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, and I did too. Uh, I'm going to start with Lego A Brickumentary. Oh yeah, I've seen that on it? Netflix. Yeah, and oh. that was just that was just nice and sweet and fun, and I thought they did a really nice job with that. So they kind of incorporate the the Lego Movie sensibility, but then they tell you the history of Lego and and where they're going, and you know, and the where they almost collapsed completely, and then brought themselves, you know, into like just the, the echelon of of just complete like culture now it's just part of culture when you hear lego around the world that that's it's everyone knows what that is and how is that what inspired you to start building uh uh, adam's got some new pieces you know what well what what inspired me was the guardians of galaxy it's the thing that i mention almost every single podcast Uh, they started i saw the legos and i started snapping a few of them up and then uh more recently it's just been i've you know when you start watching movies you start to get sidetracked i'm like i don't want to play candy crush soda while i'm watching movies anymore i'm getting in this weird little rut where my brain is doing you know kind of strange things when i sleep so um you know i decide i'll do something that's more tactile and 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 works on different synapses of my brain i love putting together lego sets while yeah. watching stuff it's yeah. like one of my favorite things so i'm, I'm starting yeah. to love that i did some you know decoupage i tried mm-hmm. that with my little uh, you know spider-man lamp and stuff like that awesome. but um you know i it's just it's just good to keep the keep the brain stimulated in different ways that's why when you get the really giant sets you know like the hundred hundred and fifty dollar sets like yeah. they they take like eight hours hours to put together yeah. and it's just pure bliss and even just that little ghostbusters one you know i oh yeah i think i, I sat down initially and i, I kind of lost interest but even that one i you know i took two days to just kind of yeah, take totally. my time and put it together um 
I, I did torture myself with Entourage. The movie? Uh, I saw, or I used to watch the TV show, uh, I think maybe like the first, I don't know how many seasons they had, three or four. I watched the first couple and I, I, I liked it. But yeah, then I kind of got sick the of the characters. Kind of like it's just to me, it's just a guilty pleasure. You know, it's yeah. it's Sex in the City for guys. Like I'm like whatever. I watch it. You know, yeah, it's fun. It, well, it didn't it didn't have as much momentum. I didn't think it did feel like one of the episodes. Right. Some stuff seemed forced. Uh, there there was like a little pocket about halfway through that I really enjoyed, and where I thought it was going in an interesting place, and then it just kind of you know wrapped itself up and then it was over uh they just waited too long with that one uh, yeah and i think i just got you know i was just i was just bored with the characters same thing with the next one that i saw ted 2 completely unnecessary uh i i I don't i i like ted 1 yeah i like the first one so did i but ted 2 was just um i mean you can even call it a rehash but uh it's kind of just like filler jokes there's more uh pot smoking jokes as much as they could fit in um until you know you almost felt like you were high uh but just wish you were uh, but just a, a complete waste of time i don't even remember it i mean that was you know after you see it you forget it uh let's see i did uh, uh i did see mission impossible rogue nation mm-hmm. um i was never really a big fan of like the other ones the only thing that has maybe drawn me into the mission impossibles was um simon Pegg. i was always so excited that he was in the films and i love seeing him on film uh rogue nation was okay it didn't it, it didn't like stick with me it it was um you know the action was good i guess you know the 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 bad guy was competent and you know da 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 just everything fell into place I felt the I same thought, way yeah. yeah I don't know I and, and it's very well reviewed I mean mm-hmm. and I'm, and unlike you I'm a huge fan of the Mission Impossible series and I'm, other than Part Two which I think is just a kind of a misfire mm-hmm. like I love all the Mission Impossible movies and this one seems to be ranked pretty highly but I don't know yeah. I thought it but was, is that because of the summer I mean the way yeah. that the films it's surrounding been, it. I been, feel or? like it's been Maybe. a really weak summer, but like I, I, I don't think this. I, I, I think the last ep- two episodes ago, I talked about how um, I still think the first one is the best one. Part three right. is the second best one, and then uh, Ghost Protocol, and then this, and it's just more like. Uh, I did see an interesting article. It was in Badass Digest about how in the first several Mission Impossible movies, he's basically Tom Cruise playing himself. Mm. And then part four, you know, you start seeing where, like, they expect him to kind of do crazy shit when he has to climb the the Burj Dubai. And then there's a scene in Rogue Nation where, you know, he has to do this kind of break-in underwater, and then Simon Pegg is like, oh, he can do that. He can hold his breath for three minutes, and right. then there are all the shit he has to do. And you can look at Tom Cruise's face, and he has, like, the sense of, like, palpable, like this resignation right. like people expect him to do like these superhuman things and he just would rather not do it at all i, I like <laughs> and it he works can't. he's yeah you know and then he does something and then he clearly is you know something bad happens to right. him because of it right, and then sure. you just expect him to keep going well yeah. i love that like you know that 
in in a lot of situations like he has to get rescued yeah and that's one thing i do like about the rogue nation one is that the um, you know has a very strong female character in it mm-hmm. and she is kind of like ethan hunt's equal um yeah you know, i thought and, she was more like the cat yeah like they try to set up a cat woman type foil right, to right. him if yeah, he's totally. batman yeah. yeah but yeah i definitely felt there was something tonal tonally i think that was just a little bland and i, think I thought the main villain him. was kind of bland and, and right. like I, I felt like they were trying to set up like a specter to their James Bond, right. but it never really came across like there was a real threat. I mean, Christopher McQuarrie is without question a fantastic writer. I mean, oh yeah, you know, no, he course, wrote Edge of uh, Tomorrow and, and yeah. Usual Suspects. Yeah. I mean, he's great. So I think maybe if they just would have had a different director with a little bit more flavor, you know, it probably yeah. Well, been this better. is the first one that ha- wasn't directed by kind of like a top yeah, tier guy. Exactly. You know, it's yeah. like Brian De Palma, John Woo, J.J. Abrams, Brad Bird. Yeah, and, to some extent, Brad Bird. I yeah. mean, it was his first live action film, but yeah. yeah. Still top tier for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. And I, I really didn't know. I, well, I thought the Ving Rhames character was just completely <clears throat> just thrown in there for no reason. Oh, I do like the last two have been making more of an effort to make it like a team. Yeah. You know. I didn't feel a team in this one. This one actually did seem more like a team to me, but I, the, the thing well, I was saying. What did Ving Rhames do? It, well, he was there it's to kind the of the one that's been in every one. Yeah, so he's that's a veteran. I mean. yeah. You know, right. I mean, uh, I had read like a lot of people like, well, to go forward, one of these movies has to kill off Ming Rames, which I think will probably happen eventually. Yeah, you know, but like, I, I, I was kind of struck by the fact that like Simon Pegg plays the character that Ving Rhames was set up to play in the first movie. Right. He's like the hacker and everything. Yeah. And now, like, no, Simon Pegg gets all the stuff that Ving Rhames used to do. Right. And Ving Rhames is kind of there to just be, like, the muscle. He's there to be Ving Rhames. He's yeah. there to save things like Ving Rhames. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. You know, but it's just weird because, like, I have all these movies, so I was rewatching them. And I, it's just weird, like, in part one, he's like, you know, he gets hired and gets to be part of the team because he had hacked into NORAD. And then he was, like, one of the best hackers in the entire world. And as we've gone on from part, because right. I skip part two every time I rewatch these, <laughs> you know, and it's like I did just rewatch that because it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's bad, know, so but it's like you know, not as bad as I remember. Yeah, but least. like he's like not even in part three, and then part four is like where it start like why he's like the hacker guy. Why the right. hell is he the muscle all of a right. sudden? Because he's bigger, I don't know. Yeah. So did yes. you? The real question is, did you double feature it with the man from Uncle? So I did see the man from Uncle. Oh, see, mm. there we go. Uh, we saw that last weekend, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I really, well, I didn't really know anything about it. I didn't watch the the show uh, when it was being rebroadcast. At, you know, I think when I you know was barely, well, I was probably a preteen at that time because that was like sixty four when it was originally on 63 64 yeah but then they started when they started doing like all the honeymooner stuff in the early 80s you know, i remember man from uncle was on some weird show or channel you know late late at night and but it just it's not a show really that engages kids and that's kind of how this movie is too um but it but not knowing anything from it i think i was more surprised by how it all wrapped up at the end mm-hmm. um if i if i if i was a big fan of the show i don't think i would have enjoyed it as much as i did because you already know what's what's happening and mm-hmm. how um the the how they all get along and and um you know the repertoire that yeah, they have I'm, I'm curious to see it because like you know the origins of like the you know the man from uncles like ba- these were ian fleming characters so basically right. napoleon solo was like 
just oh i can't do james bond stories anymore now i'll do right my second tier the james the bond. most enjoyable thing about the film other than realizing that the 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 main female in there is the robot from uh ex machina oh, yeah. i didn't know that till after i saw that i'm like that face yeah. i know that face mm-hmm. there's something wrong with the hair it's going to have hair right uh and, but then you had um uh, uh cavill uh the superman mm-hmm. um and uh and army uh, hammer. hammer um army i didn't even like really necessarily recognize him yeah, i think i remember him as, like, the, the social network uh yeah i just thought he was gonna range he range was gonna range. stop after the lone range i'm like you didn't learn the first time <laughs> <laughs> of course your stage name your name bad. is army hammer which is possibly the worst because he was fine in lone ranger yeah the, the reason lone I, ranger didn't work was just because of army hammer. i feel really I bad for him because he was originally cast in batman in george miller's uh, justice league movie that never huh. happened oh uh, but I, I really liked what they did with the Americans because they took the American accent, the American look, and the American style, like, over the top. Like, if you were to take someone from a country um, of origin that, if, if that individual said, oh, well, what do you, do your impression of an American if they've never been to America, mm-hmm. that's what they did. So everybody talks like this. Huh, no, God, that's great. You know, and, and, you know, just those, you know, hard jaw lines, right. you know, and then the suits and everything like that. And they're just like, you know, a little bit kind of just too proud of themselves. And it's just, it was just so fun to watch. Well, I'm mm-hmm. trying to think, has Guy Ritchie ever made a film that isn't primarily English people? Mm, like, no. Because I, I can't really think uh, of Maybe that guys. terrible Madonna movie he did. Um yeah i guess oh, that island oh yeah. the remake the swept away yeah. Swept, oh yeah. right I yeah saw yeah that was actually yeah. a remake yeah he doesn't i the guy richie's one of those people who just go oh it's so amazing i'm like snatch is the only one i ever really really enjoy mm, yeah. i i, I, I Lockstock is enjoy, but i mean i just guy richie's the kind of guy i'm just like no pun intended i'm just he's not i, I think all those films get are getting very it, 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 they're um the very um repetitive yeah films and it's, for me it, and it's like you gotta really you gotta do something special there right and and uncle is not anything new or groundbreaking no. i you know i have some friends of mine that say you know this is like better than the, the last few bond movies but i think that's just kind of a just because they changed Kingsman the tone so much. is better but, than so, the last few bond movies that's that's, that's what i asked and that's what i was kind of comparing it to because you know we love kingsman and it's not anything close to that. I mean, there there is kind of the spoofy satire that Kingsman, you know, d- goes by. This one is more straightforward. Okay. There's a so little bit kind like of tongue in cheek and crazy. It's, no, yeah. Not in my really. mind, I, I no. assume this would be something like Kingsman. So they're playing no, it straight. It's not. It's not uh, even close okay. to Kingsman. Interesting. Mm. Well, there's um, only two paths you can go down. Either playing it straight from the source material or doing the radical reinvention. Right. And it sounds like, it's kind of like you said about growing up. It was like, it really wasn't for kids, you know. So, you have to have something there. Yeah. Because right. I think it plays a little bit long. Um, you know, you kind of lose focus every now and again. But, you know, I I would watch it again. If it comes out, I don't know if I'd buy it, but I'd definitely watch it again. Uh, let's see. Last two, I saw I Am Chris Farley. Wow. the the documentary on Chris Farley, which was you know bittersweet. There wasn't anything that I didn't already really know about Chris Farley watching it. So I think it's like a good introduction to someone who didn't really live during that time or watch SNL at that time, because um, really the the perspectives from the other SNL cast um, 
uh, wasn't really anything that you 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 would say. Oh, you know, like I didn't really know that about Chris Farley. Um, Is that uh, Netflix? Uh, no, that's that was just came uh, Where did that come out from? I think that's a. a, a did you see a, it on VOD? The, the, the yeah. VOD thing. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd like to see that one. Uh, and then one surprise when I was doing for the, the last episode when I was doing uh, for video game movies when I was doing research, I ran across uh, a film called FPS, First Person Shooter. Interesting. This was originally a a a short, um, but then Is that the became, Kickstarter thing. It was a Kickstarter. Okay. And it's all done in first person, so it's like watching. Uh, video game right and so they 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 have it set up to where it's at the beginning it's it's almost like a commodore 64 game where i mean it's very pixelated and they kind of give the exposition and then it goes right into the first person view you know shot on uh well probably video but um it's weird it's quirky if you well i like watching i like going on youtube and watching Mm walkthroughs um i don't play video games very often but i'd love to go on youtube and watch walkthroughs you know uh, cutie pie die or whatever his name is and <laughs> PewDiePie. Pewdie, PewDiePie pie uh <laughs> <laughs> i shouldn't laugh because he made what four billion dollars last yeah. year or something um the um you know the, the i think the last one i watched is when he played uh alien isolation um so i mean you know I, I like watching it as opposed to actually like playing the game I, I guess I sweat a lot less, but uh, that's exactly what this was, and it's probably not for everybody. If you don't like watching other people play video games, you probably wouldn't like this. It's it's not necessarily scary, even though it has to do with like this virus, and it's just a different take on a certain genre. Right. And it just came out. Uh, I I think it's Austrian. I'm not really sure. Um, it just came out uh, as a UK release. Uh, waiting for the U.S. release. Again, it was just something that I just happened upon on on the internet. I didn't even know anything about it until I was doing my research. I vaguely remember. Is this a full length? Yes. Okay. They, it was it was initially a short mm-hmm. that he did, and, and then, then did Kickstarter, Kickstarter got crowdfunded. Yeah, got a crowd. I watched funded. the short. I thought it was interesting, but I felt that there was something just a little over the top and silly about it. That and I it just is couldn't buy it. Well, well, and, and even the film was like that too. Yeah. A lot of because he has that. Um, it, it's just like a game where it's like the narrative that he does over it. Um, that's over the top. He's doing a lot of. Uh, um, uh, phrases from different movies. Right. So he'll say something like, you know, hasta la vista before he, you know, destroys a zombie yeah. or, mm. you know, he'll throw in a, you know, he'll find like a, a chainsaw and say, oh, this is pretty groovy. Right. You know, or hail to the king. Like he's thrown in a lot of things it's, from it's, a lot of different It sounds like, ones. you know, something like Ready Player One, like, which is just trying too hard. You right. Know, it's just like throwing references after references. Yeah. And that's just part of the narration really. Right. But just, I think the... I think for me it just resonated because the uh, I like watching those walkthroughs, right, and it was right. just a different way of like putting that together without having someone to you know actually play the game totally in front of me. Awesome. <sighs> Who's next? Uh, we can go to Josh since we're just going kind of clockworky. Uh, cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've watched a few things. I'm not a ton of things like new stuff in the theaters. Just because I mean, I do have some interest in seeing uh, Man from Uncle and Straight Out of Compton. I haven't seen either of mm-hmm. those films. Um, I, I guess like the most recent thing I watched was Fantastic Four. Um, Ditto. Uh, which uh, you know, I don't know. Like, 
I don't want to spend too much time on Fantastic Four. I just think that I don't think it was as bad as people are saying it is. I, I, I feel in the in the weird position of like I don't know an analogy I used with somebody or on some message board recently is it's like I somebody who I don't like I see being beaten up by ten people and I suddenly feel the need to defend <laughs> them, you know. And it's like and it's just like people are going so out of their way to just get lost in hyperbole about how this is the worst movie this year. And I'm like, have you seen the Gallows? Because that's the worst movie I've seen this year. There's some really, really terrible films, and I think people that say this is the worst film ever made, you know, haven't seen enough movies. Yeah, um, we could have helped promote that movie, but I chose right. not to. Right, right. <laughs> you know, I just think that that um, yeah, well, that's a smart decision. It's a terrible movie, but I don't know. I, I I just felt that you know people are saying it's the worst Fantastic Four movie. I even think that's not true. I think people are forgetting about the the stretchy dance floor sequence you know where they're forgetting about all of these terrible jokes or how they made galactus into a giant cloud mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of things that that i think people are overlooking because of a short memory because it's fun you know the last couple of weeks to just bash on fantastic right. four um but i do think that there were some redeeming qualities about it i don't think it was completely terrible but it was right i don't know i think that there's um there's a guy who said it really well as a uh, Cecil Trackenberg who runs this uh, good bad flicks, which is speaking of YouTube, a very good um, thing where this guy kind of defends movies that are largely maligned. And he said, it's, it's a C plus. It's not an F minus, right. you know, and that's kind of how I felt about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I agree with that. Yeah. I, I think that's one where it's not like a hardcore, like fan base of defenders for like mm-hmm. fantastic point. I mean, out of big comic franchises. Right. I think it's that that's a one where, you know, you know, people go, ah, I just didn't want it to be so fun and, you know, humorous like the, and kitty like the first right. movies. And I said, well, that is that, that's kind of Fantastic yeah, 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 Four. Yeah, no. And I said, I mean, come on, it's clobbering time. Right. I mean, there's so right. much. Mm-hmm. But I said, I thought the Silver Surfer got a few things right, especially yeah. the Silver Surfer yeah. Yeah. having Doug Jones Doug and Jones Lawrence awesome. Fishburne. Yeah. So, you know, you can, you can make some things work. I go, it's just. Right. I think that if they would have had a, an attitude that was more like a Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, I think that Good there's mix. a way to do fun without doing cheesy. And I felt that the first two well, Fantastic Four movies didn't I, do that. I haven't seen the new Fantastic Four movie, but I have seen Chronicle. Mm-hmm. which Josh Trank directed. I really like Chronicle. Yeah. And yeah, Chronicle's really good, but it's like a dark movie. Right. So, I mean, right from the get-go, I would figure they they were going for something of the tone right. they got. Yes. I was kind of hoping Max Landis was going to write this one, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, um, I will say dark. Chronicle, and my, my hatred of found footage movies is well documented. <laughs> yes, it's it the is. only one. Chronicle is like one of the only found footage movies well, that I can actually see. Stand. Yeah, and and the thing about and I was thinking about that afterwards because I totally forgot that that Josh did, uh, did that film. Yeah, did um, well not Chronicle but um, uh, Fantastic Four, and I can see the comparison. So they do a lot of where it's a lot of exposition mm-hmm. before actually anything really happens, or you get kind of you know the good right. versus the bad element like full on, and then all of a sudden boom, it's done. Yeah, yeah. the movie's I, done. I'm not gonna malign it because again I haven't seen it, but I will say I also didn't watch. Fantastic Four too, just because like I'm not interested in those characters. Right. So like, I think maybe part of it, what it is, is like the whole idea of like the fanboy cheerleader because they're not they're the 
some of those characters that Marvel like had taken away from them. A mm. lot of the Marvel Cinematic Universe people are cheering for it to fail so they it'll are, come yeah. home. And I think oh, yeah. that's kind of dirty. You know, yeah, I mean, it it's is. just like don't sit there rooting for something to fail because you think in your mind that's going to make them revert the rights back. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, we want superhero films to succeed in general because any day now the one is going to be the straw that can't the broken. Yeah, it's, back, it's a bubble know? waiting to right, burst, exactly. especially so, with yeah. how many that there are or that you want coming the, the property you want right you know your dream yeah, team exactly is gonna yeah. come around eventually yeah, for sure so um so that you know that's one thing but um you know other things quickly i've been watching i um i, I won't spend any time on it because uh you already talked about but um i watched that movie faults uh, oh yeah 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 the cult movie yeah exactly and i felt that that movie um was like really not that interesting all the way until the end honestly mm-hmm. i felt it was kind of like amateurish and then it got to the end i was like that's a pretty cool twist actually yeah it, re- it helps redeem the yeah. movie a lot yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure um, and then um, I, uh, I've been going through the series The Nick. Um, mm. Are you familiar with that? No. Yeah, so that one, it was a... Um, it, it, every episode is directed... Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I might be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure every episode is directed by Steven Soderbergh. Um, and it's uh, it's a show that's set in the 1800s in New York in a hospital. Um, and it's uh, kind of... It's really interesting because that's that kind of grungy, scary 1800s medicine, uh, you know, where there's people with, like, you know, cranks turning things to get mm. blood flowing out and just, like... just really horrifying stuff it's like a it's like a medical theater you mm-hmm. know where they've got all the people yeah. around and it's that whole thing but it's uh, got clive owen as the main character oh is this the show that's on cinemax it's on cinemax yeah but, um, they're showing it on hbo exactly to get a, and that's yeah. why i'm watching it because i don't have cinemax yeah. um but i do have hbo go and they just put the entire first season on there yeah i'll um, have to check that out yeah i'd heard about that basically cinemax asked for a favor to yeah. try to get it you know more yeah eyes. totally <laughs> well and it's it's a really good show i mean mm-hmm. it's it's a it's it's a little gross uh well it's a lot gross it's it reminds me of one of those shows like nip tuck where it's just like they kind of get into the gore of things and they just show you intestines and people being <laughs> cut open and yeah. all this stuff and I, yeah i don't know honestly i think hbo go should like show all the cinemax shows they're basically the same company especially right. since like cinemax has gone a lot of original shows because right. they're trying to get out of that whole skinemax reputation yeah, totally, they got. totally. <laughs> and and the nick is great i mean again steven soderbergh i mean that's a yeah. that's a good place to start oh, yeah. um and uh it's it's just uh you know it's got clive owen playing just a really nasty character mm-hmm. like a kind of I don't know, maybe he'll be redeemed, but he seems pretty irredeemable. I mean, he's a truly unlikable, um, you know, opium and cocaine addicted doctor who's just a terrible racist person. Uh, and I, you know, Clive Owen, I'll watch that guy read the phone book. So, you know, in the 1800s, weird how he's sort of like, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. weird how he sort of disappeared the last several years. He'd only show up in like very random movies and right, wasn't right. even in Sin City 2. Yeah, he but was that, doing but a lot it of is like interesting, Sony though, because yeah. it is the 1800s, and I mean, there's there, there's like this whole kind of movement of trying to be progressive about the races and there's like a you know they they get a, a black man as his assistant and he's just horrible to him and this is a guy that you know it's like this is the north you know we're supposed to be better than this and he's just i don't care i'm not better than that i don't i'm not interested <laughs> in your in your forward thinking stuff you know i feel the way i feel huh. so yeah i think he's you know that's that's really interesting um i watched uh, on a friend's recommendation um he actually wanted me um, to desperately to watch this movie so I watched Hobo with the Shotgun oh yeah I've seen um, that mm-hmm. that I did not like at all 
uh, I, I thought it was like honestly I felt that the movie was just kind of mean spirited like I understand hyper violent films I mean one of my favorite movies ever is a Robocop mm-hmm. but I think that there's a glee that that film takes in its cruelty that I think just I don't really like at all I, this is what I'll say about Hobo with a Shotgun uh, it p- originally was one of the fake trailers right on, uh, in grindhouse if when it played in canada right okay and um s- some of the people like the the the, dir- the director of cinematography Krim hussein he's gone on to like dp a lot of really cool much better movies um i was really into that movie when it first came out i have it on blu-ray i i, I feel like it's aged badly right to me since then um a lot of the people involved in the production of that movie are people from the trailer park boys uh-huh okay. uh canadian show like he's the one guy whose head is cleaved off near the beginning okay right and uh the main bad guy in it was on that tv show lex in the 90s okay um i liked you know i liked rutger howard getting work and everything but yeah there's it, it's to me that's like one of those like 80s exploitation things that kind of I thought at first seemed kind of, but yes, in, in hindsight, yeah, I don't it, care for it as much. It made me think about films like that. Like I, I recently watched uh, Invasion USA, the mm-hmm. Chuck, uh, you know, the, the Chuck Norris flick, and there's some like really horrible things that the bad guy does. Yeah. That's just kind of hilariously bad. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That that was not a great one. Um, Batman the animated series been powering through that. I just got an uh, Amazon um, Prime uh, Amazon yeah. Prime account, and I was like, it was like Christmas. I was like every single <laughs> it's, episode it's of. A- the thing series. that makes me sad is how they're they're all in SD, which makes me think they're nowhere near putting that out on Blu-ray. Right, right. Um, but I've been just I don't know. I've been playing Hearthstone on my um, mm-hmm. on my, uh, my my iPad and watching Batman animated series. <laughs> That's why I've been Thumbs doing a lot for of Hearthstone. Yeah, very oh, yeah. into Hearthstone. Um, and then uh, the the big thing I really want to talk about is just uh, is is I watched THX 1138. Oh yeah, um, which I've seen that movie before, but it's been a little while, um, and I just felt the need to watch it. I don't for some reason own it um and i looked on apple and the only um one that they had that i could get through my apple tv on video on demand um was the director's cut Mm -hmm. which was something i had never seen before and i had no idea that george lucas had gone in and completely destroyed his film like he did yeah no he he went in and remastered it it and everything awful like i mean well i mean the 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 remastering's fine i mean it's no well you know what yeah yeah he he did a a special edition of it which I mean, it looks beautiful, but there's these terrible CGI monkey men in it, and I was like, I can't believe you did this to THX 1138. I didn't even know that this happened. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised I mean, too. I had no idea. I'm not surprised it's George <laughs> that's, Lucas. Yeah, like, that's on. just one of those things that, like, at the time it was even Spielberg was doing it at the time. That's around the time yeah, that uh, yeah, close he, encounters. Yeah, and yeah. then in ET, ET went oh, in and right. replaced all the guns with walkie talkies. Right. You know, I mean, and you can make the argument that these are auteurs and these are their movies, but at the same time, I will say you can still find copies of the original THX right. in your preferred format. But Do uh, they have like a Blu-ray release yeah, of I the think original. So. That's um, awesome. But. You know, if you're going to go around and monkey, provide an alternative, (laughs) (laughs) you know, see, see how you tie that together, you know, but like, yeah, you know, I hate the directors could have Donnie Darko. Thankfully, the regular version is on Blu-ray. So I don't don't like the director's cut of Amadeus. Yeah. But, you know, now it's like harder to find. They don't have like the Blu-ray version of Amadeus. Well, no, because sadly, you know, unless you go the Amazon route, you're stuck with what uh, the stores will give you. Right. And they always like, oh, people like the director's cut yeah and 
I'm so happy that like that, like with ET that they they did like when they released it on Blu-ray, they gave you that original version. Yeah, um, yeah, because I want to see yeah. children being threatened. Yeah, <laughs> that's well, what I paid for. I don't yeah. even care about the walkie-talkies and the guns thing as much as I care about the 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 terrible CGI ET that they inserted in yeah. the film. It's so all bad. I can ever think of is there was a special feature on Orgasmo, mm-hmm. and they and he's like talking about it and they're interviewing him. He's like. You know anything you would have done different? And Trey Parker goes, "God, if we could have just gotten Jabba into that scene, that that that's what I really wanted. If we could have just see." Right. I, I will say that's still one of the most idiotic scenes ever. It was in the Star Wars New Hope Special Edition where Han steps on Jabba's tail. I know, which like it completely and they digitally raise him up. Yeah, and, it looks and terrible. they di- yeah they completely underscores any threat whatsoever Jabba has as a villain. Right. You know later right. on in the movie. I'm yeah. Like if you, if this guy feels free to step on his tail, yeah, you know this is when you're too close to the material when you yeah. it's, you know because people kids growing up seeing this will be like oh, why are they all scared of right. Jabba right. you know right right yeah that's my two cents on yeah. the subject so that was me yeah um okay well actually this will work out fine since I don't think I've actually seen that much stuff <laughs> well you've been so busy you just you know you're getting all the whole you know classic stuff together oh yeah no seriously i have and then not. you're going on vacation and blah 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 everyone's going on vacation oh yeah but uh now let me think what have i seen uh, i watched uh night of the living dead the other day in the theater um it, it still holds up i mean that's what you can say about that movie i mean i don't know if it's a lucky accident i mean with the social commentary it, it was a lucky accident according to Docking of the Dead as I've seen, but it still holds up. A movie that's like what, like fifty four years old now. You know? Was this like a, a special forty five years old? Or? Uh, it was uh, tied into the whole sinister thing. Okay, yeah, but uh, you know there was a good, and we got a good crowd out for it. So and it was free. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I it's always cool because uh, there was uh, someone from Cult Classics who won tickets and he brought his son. He's like, oh, this is awesome! I won tickets because this is the first time seeing it. Wow. You know, so that's yeah. cool. That still has that kind of power that people want to like revisit it. You sure. know, yeah. and you know, and like I said, I, I, it's still, it's still good, good fodder for the people who claim, oh, fast zombies. I'm like, you know, Bill Hinsman is still one of the fastest, strongest zombies mm-hmm. you're gonna see in any movie. Um, I don't know if I'd mentioned this before, but I've gotten this uh, new channel on Roku called Shutter yeah mm-hmm. um and just i've been watching stuff on that they have a lot of uh italian horror movies so i was revisiting stuff i'd seen lately i saw i rewatched city of the living dead the lucio fulci movie right mm-hmm. and i'm just remembering how cheesy that was i'm like my god you know the special effects still hold up pretty well but like there's a scene in that movie where um the main characters are all huddled in in, in uh this psychiatrist like uh, office and the windows blow open and they're blowing maggots in with a power uh, fan wow. and it's literally maggots it's not oh rice you can see like they're all writhing on the floor over everything you gotta love Lucio Fulci That's for doing horrible. stuff like that <laughs> you know he has to use the phone and he's like brushing all the larvae off of it and there's still <laughs> yeah. some in his hair yeah, pain pain is temporary film is forever <laughs> pretty much um let me think what else have i seen lately oh i've uh so hbo has a new show from uh the uh guy who created the wire david simon it's called show me a hero 
Oh, right. And um, it, it's actually really super interesting. Um, it's it's about uh, this guy uh, who's a city councilman in the city of Yonkers, New York in the 80s. And I guess it's based on a true story where he like uh, wins the mayor's office because he, basically the city of Yonkers had been fighting housing desegregation for most of that decade um, because they didn't want their property values to go down. And uh, they were forced by the government to finally start building like these low-income housing. And this guy runs for mayor saying, oh, I'll defeat it, you know, even though there was no way of doing it. He gets elected and finally he's forced him to comply. Huh. And he like go, he's like, well, I'll comply. And then he just becomes massively unpopular. But it's weird because the whole movie is like, about bureaucracy and how government works but it kind of takes this like at it's like the wire where it looks at all the di- like it t- looks at the families moving into the mm-hmm. units it looks at him how he doesn't really believe he should do it but he believes that government tries to do right by the people because he's a democrat so he's trying he's he's trying his best to get compliance but all the white people are kind of like no you're gonna ruin mm-hmm. our values and that's uh, oscar isaac right yeah the main yeah. character He's pl- he's uh, played by Oscar Isaac, who like I'm starting to believe he can play anything realistically. Right. You know, he plays an evil Steve Jobs and Ex Machina, yeah, right. a psycho inmate, and a sucker punch. In this one, he's playing like an, a somewhat idealistic, uh, you know, like city councilman. I, I, Whatever I would, he plays in Star yeah, Wars too. Yeah, I would say this is pretty much like House of Cards if it took place in the Wire universe on huh. a municipal level. Ah, huh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> So that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, what else would I say? Um, so uh, Mondo, the uh, collectibles company in Austin, has uh, started doing these like um, steelbook things, basically steelbook Blu-rays uh, in association with like Target here and Best Buy in Canada. So they put out three here on like July twenty eighth. They did a, uh, they put out uh, the thing with uh, artwork by Jock. They did uh, Flash Gordon with artwork by Martin Anson. And they did uh, Shaun of the Dead with artwork by uh, Tyler Stout. So I got all three of these. The only place you can get them is on Target.com. You can't get them in any of the actual stores. And they're like $25 each. I will say they're really nice. Like um, even the like the Shaun of the Dead one, the uh, the the Blu-ray looks like uh, it like a vinyl album record. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, on the inside it has them sitting in a so it's like a big picture, like a uh-huh. like a win like a gatefold when you get a vinyl album. So there's artwork on all four sides of the steel book. Yeah, as, as my wife is listening to you say that, she's on. She's on the web page right now, ordering all of them. <laughs> Are the special features any different, or is it no? Just, See, this is the thing. If you're getting these, you're getting these solely based on the fact that you're a Mondo fan and you want the artwork by the artists. Right. Um, they all have like cool, you know, it, it, you know, artwork on them. It's all metallic inks and everything. Mm-hmm. You're not getting any voodoo codes. You're not getting anything different than you would be if you bought like. The, you know the five dollar blu-ray version are they are they limited like yes they're yeah. limited okay. I, I i've been collecting before this they had done a, a, a true uh true detective steelbook with art by jay shaw okay so this is like the these are the they've done four so far in the u.s but it, the thing that's obnoxious about them and why i would have to like deck them like a little bit is they're keeping the overall numbering of the entire mondo steelbook series so you get these instead of them being like one two three or two three four they're like seven eight nine 
because so, they release them in other countries yeah. as well. So there's if you yeah. start collecting these, there's like right. pretty much no way you can actually get the entire collection unless you start making friends with people like in Canada and England. Right. So I feel <laughs> well, that sounds a lot like Mondo. Yeah, you know. so I would say that's kind of obnoxious. So I see, even though the artwork in them is like really cool and everything, I really kind of wish they had like restarted. This is like one, two, three for the U.S. Because right. otherwise, I feel like well, there's no way I can finish this collection, especially since Canada got some really good ones. They got a Jock did an Ex Machina for Best Buy Canada. Wow! And I'm like, well, I would have liked that in the U.S. <laughs> you know. But. And that's what Canadians, I guess, feels. They really want some of the U.S. ones. Right. So maybe it'll go back like trading card style. Like, But what it really will be is eBay flipping because yeah. that's I mean, the way Mondo that, works. That's what Mondo is. Yeah. Right? I mean, Speaking I am of, a fan of Mondo, but I mean, Mondo is really sold on eBay. Yeah, I will say, I'm honestly, my whole opinion on Mondo is like uh, the last year, I feel like they're has not been as much of a cool output from them mm. like their posters i feel are getting really more and more minimalist to the point where like i don't feel like i kind of feel like they're ignoring like the kind of i love movies and i want something representing this in right. my house or it's like oh here's something like ah this is like you know something that just has the name of the movie on it in some weird spacey font yeah i think that they've been making some good decisions i i, I like the fact that um now all of their vinyls are variant colors like they they, they don't have any black vinyl anymore oh, okay um which is as a as a mondo vinyl collector is a seriously annoying thing because yeah. like i i don't like to buy off ebay i like to buy from them directly and, and and the vinyls are something that you can actually get um unlike their posters which sell out literally before they Although they're vinyl, the Phantasm one, I'm still pretty salty that the Mausoleum one sold in like two minutes. Well, and it's, it's like, yeah. come on, man! It was a thousand copies. There's you no know? way it sold in two minutes. It's because people have bots and and yeah, and no, they, that's what yeah. I mean. But it's yeah, still, exactly. well, it, it, Mondo is a, it, you can go circular, you know. But I will say they're getting more fair timed releases. Right. You know, they're they're offering more stuff. I mean, like. You know, I was so concerned that Last of Us was going to sell out like yeah, instantly. Yeah, yeah. That's a beautiful and set. It's too. a gorgeous set. I just got it and I'm so happy with it. But it's like. It's Ollie Moss, right? Yeah, yeah, Ollie Moss did and stuff. Yeah. You know, it's not my favorite art. It's just that they put so much work into it, though. You can just see it in, across the board. I just. I like. I do like a lot. I'm excited. Tomorrow's. Uh, <laughs> so we're recording this. Sorry. Um, but uh, Zombie Holocaust, speaking of Italian right. horror, um, yeah. Dr. Butcher MD is one of my favorite ones, both as a film and a score. And it's a. You know, they're doing a limit. It's 500, but it's two mm -hmm. different swirls. And they're doing that, too. So yeah. it's I, exciting. I will say this, though. The Zombie Holocaust score, that's being released because that's Spencer Hickman's like favorite, you know, all time ho Italian horror score and otherwise it would be like a death waltz release if they yeah. weren't owned by mondo pretty much so now it's just going to disappear because it's like oh mondo boink pretty yeah. much but it's i mean like, a lot you know, of their i'm oh, oh, sorry uh, i was just gonna say a lot of their vinyls like lately are sticking around a little bit more mm -hmm. yeah that, that's what yeah. i was trying yeah, to yeah. communicate yeah. sorry i'm yeah, oh no i was just gonna make a smart ass comment of Please. like you know uh you know to hate the game not the player Right, yeah, right, right. kind of thing. You know? But th there are things that Mondo could do um, to to make sure that that kind of thing didn't happen. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, they could they could absolutely limit certain things. There, they could do a lottery system. There's a lot of things they could do, but Mondo clearly doesn't do it because that whole chase is part of it. They like the yeah. fact that they sell mm -hmm. out. Speaking of which, Victor, what else can we buy to fund future retirement accounts? 
Wait, what? I said, what else can we buy to fund future retirement accounts? <laughs> what el- What other limited stuff? Because you always have the inside track right. on ultra limited stuff that's coming out oh i mean i don't know like i i think most of the stuff that mondo is like pimping right now is just stuff i don't really find that interesting and it's weird because i've seen them buy a lot of facebook ads like like the first hellboy statue or like the first turtle i'm just like yeah i know like the iron giant they did like you know that sold out because yeah that was really cool iron giant yeah but like you know i don't you know i feel like they're like trying to push like i mean one of the things i'm interested they're doing they're bringing back mad balls really that yeah is. mondo got the license to mad balls so they're actually 50 dollar mad balls yeah that's pretty much what's gonna happen <laughs> you know and i i get to that when it starts getting to that point like i kind of feel like every like nostalgic thing is being like kind of over commodified yeah like i don't think mad balls should be like 50 at 100 dollars. well that's kind of what makes you can get mad balls on ebay like original yeah. mad balls for next to nothing yeah no, and that's no, they've gone up too oh, they're they? expensive really? yeah really pricey yeah like that and my pet monster and I all remember that stuff. Being like five to ten it must be because the word got out the month i was gonna say <laughs> what the next the hundred dollar muscle figures <laughs> they're right? bringing back muscles yeah, that's yeah. Right. you know and those were like i guess they had ma- masters of the universe muscles at san diego right. comic-con wow. yeah. And yeah those are like worth a grip of money now right right you know so i mean to me it's like i had there's stuff i wanted like i like sideshow collectibles like pre- premium format figures because those are like really nice 18 inches actual clothes agreed and those are like I get, yeah, they're like three to four hundred bucks, but that's a consistent price for them. Like you know, but when I see Mondo do like the little Mikey figure, where it's like a little cartoon Michelangelo holding the like the TMNT ice cream pop, I'm like, oh, that's really cute. I would buy that for thirty or forty dollars, and mm-hmm. it's like a hundred. I'm mm-hmm. like. Well, I just went to a vinyl toy show with my friend out in Albuquerque, and mm-hmm. um, you want to talk about expensive little things. So, yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, for a while, I was really into collecting, like, vinyl figures. And, like, I lucked out a few times. Like, uh, Frank Kozik did this, like, uh, really cool one called El Panda a few uh-huh. years ago, which is, like, a, it's like a Fidel Castro kind of guy. He has a Cuban jacket and hat with the red star, and he has a panda luchador mask mm-hmm. and their variants are in how it's colored and right. it like goes for like 80 90 dollars but like lulu bell had a really hard time selling them so they sold me one for like 20 right you know so i like lucked out and that was like one i was looking for a really long time mm-hmm. and i'm like okay i'll keep this and my big boys and i'm kind of good with those for a bit you know right. and i like labbits you know like so yeah the kid robot labbits those are really nice yeah too. but that's the thing like it's it's weird now you see like kid robots pretty much hit like a grocery store you know yeah. kind of thing they're i mean like they have so many um what's you know and obviously like pop funko and stuff like that's huge but i mean i'm just saying like the whole commodity of a vinyl but what i see is like people used to you know i used to go to red hot robot like eight years ago and you know it was like kid robot stuff it was like what now are kind of mainstream brands and it's a lot it happens in music movies everything whatever it is people will continue to try to get around to them becoming expensive is like like our adam has like an adam bomb funko gpk those are like 50 or 60 bucks now he we what did you get that like two months ago yeah last no it wasn't even that show yeah it was only just show. a few yeah, yeah. A few weeks ago yeah and they already doubled yeah in price because 
and I had to. It took so me. So that that was only like thirty bucks. Or original yeah. price yeah. was yeah. thirty. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. They, so they're they're talking about value. Why the they're they're a, their blind yeah. boxes are amazing, and I got the. It took me a while to track down the whole set, but I ended up using some coupons and stuff. I got it down to like seventy bucks for the set of twelve. Nice. And nice. they are beautiful. The wow. most beautiful minifigures I've ever seen. So hey, there is a possibility of having quality, you know, and value. Yeah. And still making a profit. Right. That's you know? the thing that drives me crazy is that when they don't and I mean not to just harp on Mondo with this, but you know, it's like mm-hmm. I you know, like I collected the vinyls and I would buy them new, and uh, I, I swear I would strike out like every single time because it's like fifty percent black and fifty percent colored vinyl. Yeah, and then I would just end up with the black vinyls over and over and over again. And that's not what you want to do with your, you know, your 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 consumer, right? Is yeah. make them feel disappointed in the thirty five dollar record no. that they just bought. Yeah, you know, like True. so. So I do like that. At least they're making some improvements on that in terms of everything is colored mm-hmm. vinyl now. Um, also, I like what they did. With their Mad Max poster release last week, yeah, the time, um, yeah, where it was just like, "Yo, buy it. There's as many as you want." Now I understand that they don't want to do that with everything because limited edition is part of the whole thing. Yeah. But if you just want a cool Mondo Mad Max poster, you know, you should be able to buy one. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, like when we when we do stuff with cult classics, we like do the limited edition shirts and prints. Those are basically timed releases because I right. make as many as people will buy. Right. Mm-hmm during the window they have from when they're available on the website to the actual event you know and that's and then we'll do x amount over that just to cover extras or if anything happens right, right. but basically the run is determined by how many people buy them versus like overage right like um we just did like last starfighter and like i think right we did a last starfighter like a star you know yeah, the Star League logo. Yeah, the Star League, like, cult classics, you know, mashup logo. And I thought, well, you know, like, you know, we'll probably sell, like, a good amount. Like, um, like the last count, like, I think we've sold, like, 35 of those shirts, mm-hmm. you know, which is pretty crazy, mm-hmm. you know. And then we'll probably an end awesome up. Awesome shirt. Yeah, and we'll probably end up capping that, you know, at, like, you know, 40, 45 or so. And I'm sure we'll sell out of them. And once it sells out, we're not going to make more. Because that one has three colors. Yeah. So it's going to be more of a hassle reprint. So I'm like. Once that's done, psh, you right. know, right. versus like some of them, like the one color ones, like we'll reprint, we'll redo those because they're not that hard. And those tend to be like, you know, people want those who want to make those available. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah, like the Wild Stallion shirts we did, we had people asking us for those for like years. No, like, it's a great shirt. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. And they're like, no, it's like, it's a four color shirt. I'm not going to do that again. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. You're right. just at the point too, where that's the hardest thing is that you have to have limited edition to sell stock it, it right. is what it yeah. is you can't count on the way it used to be that you have a consistent item but that's the problem is like uh i remember i'm saying something that uh picked up the hellraiser documentary leviathan right. yeah. and i bought it immediately and it, i got like the slip case of the julia o card and stuff like that it, it's beautiful you don't have to have it. it's still an amazing set no matter what for the price but it's one of those things where like everything you got to jump on right now you have to buy it's like i can't i don't see he was like i'm gonna save up for i'm like it's like and i it's not just to adam it's to myself i feel that way all the time it's like well, it's i can't say i can't save up for everything everything yeah. every day there's something going on and i just like i really you know it's not just economics it's that God, I mean, do I need all this stuff? It's, well, that's, I'm a that's hoarder, the way I was on. looking yeah. at the like, Arrow UK like video drum. I really like the box art and everything, but I'm like, I already have this 
on Blu-ray in a limited Criterion edition. Am I really going to spend fifty bucks just for a different cover? And yes. I finally no, finally <laughs> no. I finally was Fine. like no. But then Arrow also has like their Scarlet Letter or Scarlet oh, the Gospel Hellraiser. version of Hellraiser. Yeah. I already have those movies in so many different versions, but I'm like. Fuck! I'm probably well, even, end up buying it. Even when you were mentioning the the, the Shaun of the Dead, the Mondo thing, yeah. you know, I was thinking to myself, why don't they just release the 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 case, the case with all the stuff in there, and then just leave out the which DVD? is weird. It's funny that they yeah. do that for video games. Right. That well, they no, just release. Think the about almost. this though. Right. Like uh, not too long ago, there was this whole uproar over like Full Moon, where like uh, Charles Band was like. <laughs> reissuing these like vhs big boxes i found them they yeah. found them in a warehouse and he sold them for 50 bucks each and it's like it's a brand new box <laughs> the brand new tape inside and basically people are playing 50 bucks just for a box rep reduction right, right. you know and it's like i like there was a point where it was like 20 bucks and i was almost like i really want that zombie big box and i'm never gonna watch the tape it's never gonna be open if it came shrink wrap it'll probably stay in the shrink crack and i was like no i can't do that you know i could just as easily print it up make it make a big box myself and save me the hassle oh sure yeah yeah collecting is really weird i mean i don't know like i've been getting a lot more into um vintage stuff yeah um honestly like because th- you're right it's kirby they are making new stuff all the time and it's impossible to keep up with and i've kind of gone the other direction as i said you know what i'm not gonna go for all this new stuff um why go for a second copy of a movie i already have when i can mm-hmm. go with some older stuff second that's yeah. not the anchor way <laughs> come on right man. yeah exactly you get like the 12 <laughs> right yeah you know and i mean unless it's something that i really you know look if they come out with a steelbook of a attack the block i'll get yeah. it it's one of my favorite movies of all time okay i mean that you know there are going to be exceptions to that but a lot of vintage stuff is really not that much at all no not in the scheme of things um i one of my favorite things that i just got recently when i was in albuquerque and i got this for five bucks i'm so happy but it's the full set of cards of from 1979 tops alien trading oh that's cards. awesome yeah. like nice. the full thing for like five bucks and that made me so much happier <laughs> than if i would have spent thirty dollars on something or a hundred dollars on some toy don't get into garbage pill kids man. Uh-huh. Just, no, know, did you see my heroin yeah. finger shaking <laughs> but Just here's don't. the funniest thing like i i do like when i do horror conventions and stuff i do some prints that are basically like uh you know horror characters as garbage pail kids like you know i have like uh the, the they live politician right. and you know michael myers and stuff and then people will always stop and go oh i used to have those and then the last couple <laughs> conventions i bought a box of like uh japanese uh bukumi kun reproductions from like uh, kirby mm-hmm. and i set them up on a little table like oh japanese gpk is five dollars and like both shows we did blew them out because people right. are like oh i need three of these i need four of these because like you're just buying the nostalgia right you're right. never they're not and like i'm not like every every single person like oh i'm just gonna keep this at my desk i'm not even gonna open it well and and i noticed you know like a lot of things there's not as much sticker shock yeah as there used to be like people like expect to pay five dollars for a deck of cards there was a guy a on on instagram when we posted a picture like he was some color it's like they were just selling this box for x amount on tops.com you're ripping people off and i'm like 
you know, if the the person right. really and it's yeah. sold out, and yeah. that's right. the problem. Yeah, yeah. market is what people pay. Right. What's what's really insane? Like I, I'm into this thing that's like even you know, it, it's terrible. It's like crack. Don't get into it. But Star Wars Card Trader, the yeah. app. Have you heard about this thing? Yeah, the mm-hmm. Tops Digital yeah, Star Wars yeah. cards. So like I'm really you know into this dumb thing, and I haven't spent a lot of real money. I won't say I haven't spent any, but I've spent some real money, but not a lot. Um, but you know what's crazy is that there's like these sets that they put out called the 1977 series, and yeah. they're they're digital versions of the entire 1977 set okay um and and like the whole set of this stuff on ebay right now is going for a few hundred dollars you can get the actual physical cards for like 40 you know and it's like the craziness of people want the digital version Mm -hmm. on their phone that it just blows my mind the whole collector's mindset well it's like the the whole thing with that game flappy bird when Uh it was like they discontinued it so people were selling phones with flappy right. bird installed for like five hundred dollars yeah. like silent hills yeah. uh, with their ps4 yeah for, which yeah i was gonna bring that up with yeah. uh, pt yeah PT, which i'm actually yeah, yeah. kind of considering doing because i have pt mm-hmm. and um people are buying it for like 600 now so like i could buy a brand new ps4 for 400 and just yeah. sell my if i want to get rid of my pt i mean i kind of think the extra 200 dollars would be worth I it i think so and i've yeah. put a lot of of uh, wear and tear into my playstation <laughs> 4 so you know just get a brand new fresh one and get the new darth vader one that they're coming out with like, well i mean yeah. that's the thing like lucasfilm or i guess now disney See, they they've got you back they, in yeah, they've yeah. got the collecting thing down i remember like when uh you know the original when the second round of uh trilogy was coming out and they have like and they're the force friday coming out right where people are gonna line up at midnight to buy toys of all these characters oh, yeah. like the, of a movie that we've never seen that nobody's ever yeah, seen totally. here's the whole thing because jj abrams is doing we literally know next to nothing about yeah. these characters except for like one or two shots in a trailer. Hey, yeah. I've still got my Chancellor Chancellor Valorum mint yeah. card. You know, <laughs> I hope I hope you buy a lot of the Jar Jar of this movie. That's <laughs> right, all exactly. I can say. Well, that's the thing. Is like I totally did that. I did that for the last one. I got mm. in line. I went to midnight. You know, it's like they're desperately with everybody looking for. You know, it's like yay! I got a Jar Jar Binks. You know, yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. Well, totally. I'm sure BB-8 is going to be like the one everyone's going to want. Yeah, probably. I don't know Captain Phasma for me. I'm like I don't know anything about her, but I know that she's a crow out stormtrooper mm-hmm. and that's all i need to know like i'm sold captain phasma is my favorite character you know, yeah i feel like i'm a kid again just being like that's my favorite character because the way they look well i mean that's the whole thing. and to me like I, I this is one of the reasons i love NECA is just like they they are going back and they're like creating toys for things that i wish had been around when, when i was totally. a kid super seven also oh yeah and this is the thing like the other day NECA on instagram posted a figure because they've been doing these robocop versus terminator toys and um, they're like, oh, something we might be doing down the line. And it was a mock-up of a Robo Terminator figure, which if you ever played mm. the game, it's like basically uh, RoboCop with like uh, T-800 arms and stuff. Really? You know? So it's basically a kit bash figure. Wow. And I'm like, I, you can make it right now by just buying a RoboCop figure right. and switching out the arms and legs. Right. And I'm like, no, I want it. I want <laughs> it. You know? <laughs> But at the same time, you know, like when, uh, you know, Funko Super 7 did like the Big Trouble in Little China figures, I'm like, uh, I'm never going to open them. I'm buying them specifically for the box art and just on there, you know, because I love that movie, like to know. And I like like last year I I bought finally like jack burton and low pan and like together they probably sent me back like 200 bucks right you know because they're not gonna make oh, another so one right, right. they're awesome and i'm yeah. like 
You know, I'm like, why didn't I buy these earlier? I remember holding that Jack Burton in a from a discount bin yep. at Sam Goody Musicland That's when he mine. was like four bucks. Yep. And I'm like, eh, I'm sure McFarlane will make a better <laughs> one. Like, I just, I don't right. make that mistake anymore. I'm just like, well, that's oh. the thing. Now you got to buy if you want it, buy it, because yeah. God knows how many mistakes I've made. Uh, but it's like, and I really shouldn't look at it that way because it's not that important. It right. isn't what really matters in life. But you have to find whatever balance it is. But I'm like something like the Funko figures. I'm looking at Adam's wall right now, yeah. And he's got like I mean, my thing is like the Funko reaction figures for ten bucks. That's fair. It's yeah, that's a good thing. What was that coming, Victor? I always forget everything. Victor reminds me, but the guy who made the ones. For like two, oh, retro band, retro right. band. When he was selling like season of the witch figures, now are we ever going to see those? No, Who they knows? they did one with Mondo. It was a George Romero figure for uh, I think a con- convention he was at yeah. in Canada, and it was like a hundred dollars. No, it was three hundred dollars. Yeah, three hundred dollars for basically uh, a, a Funko, Funko Super se- su- yeah Super Seven reaction figure. And I, it was just like, which is funny because I just bought a Funko Reaction similar style a retro band. I bought uh, Cropsy from the Burning, which is right. one of my favorite slashers. And I bought the Cropsy figure on Etsy uh, from um, Chop Till You Drop, who makes some amazing figures. If you check them out or her out, I, I don't know. But uh, amazing stuff that Chop Till You Drop does. 30 bucks and i said right. you know this is somebody who handmade everything yeah it looks awesome and then i go that's what retro band should have been selling for it was like ah, i can make 300 why would i sell it for 30 and that was that there was such an overzealous and it's like yeah no doubt funko and all these other and NECA, like i said mm-hmm. you make things for what people I, i'll want. say this right. much um you know, I, I've talked before about, like, I really like Sucker Punch. A lot of people hate that movie. I like it. I think the, I have the art book, which when it came out, like, it went out of print super fast and it was going for, like, 200 bucks. Thankfully, I got the first run of the second print. I had got to pay the original price. Um, Gentle Giant Limited was doing these 18-inch uh, statues of the main characters. Uh, and I saw, and the first one they did was the main character, Baby Doll was played by Emily Browning. It was like an awesome statue. Like I it has a sword and everything. And uh, I, I don't like that movie, but I would love to have that yeah. because she's so awesome. Yeah. So I watched the movie like a few days before it came out and I was, I had been aware of these statues and I knew like um, their run was like li- really low. It was like 250 figures only. Wow. 250, 18 inch statues. And I saw the movie that was like, I got home and I was like, Seeing like this in my computer, <laughs> watching Victor literally <laughs> like yeah, yeah, shaking my fingers, and like I went online and I bought that statue for two, for it was two hundred and fifty dollars, right? Cue like the six months later, I'm like, I wonder how much the statue is worth. Completed listings on eBay, three thousand dollars. Wow. There was one guy who sold it for like four thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah, I haven't seen that thing sell for less than fifty. I still have it. You know, and I'm like, I'm glad I did it because even though I have it boxed up, I know eventually I'll probably display it somewhere like in my office or something. And And caress it. (laughs) Well, no. And then that's the whole thing. I'm just like, I'm glad I have it because I like that character. Because social security isn't going to be around forever. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just like Adam and he has like a really cool statue of like uh, Groot and Rocket Raccoon. If we don't ever talk about this in that's a yeah. sideshow one. Yeah, the yeah, sideshow one that just came out. You know, and it's like you know, if you're really into something, you have a chance to kind of get it, and it's not like disgusting. You know, because right. 
I mean, obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy ended up being a big hit, but it could have not been, and then you, the merchandise would have been like super limited, right? Because when yeah. it was coming out, there actually wasn't that much Guardians. Well, Nothing. that's how I feel about uh, I don't know. Well, there's there's a lot of things like that, but you know, like uh, Mars Attacks, right? Yeah, like that movie did not set the world on fire. I mean, I think that it's certainly beloved by certain people, right? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, one of my favorite collectibles is the Martian Girl. I know, I have it too. Right? You know, mine like, still talks. You push yeah, the button. Still barks. It totally yeah. still does. Trust me. Well, yeah. You know, like, I have totally a huge Mars attacks like card collection stuff, and I'm actually debating about. I'm making my commitment for the new Kickstarter set occupation. I already spent too much. Right. But it's like, should I spend five hundred dollars more to get like some super limited stuff? And it's in you know, and that's another one. Pop Funko. They retired the Mars, and it was going for like two, three hundred. Now it's down to like a hundred. But I mean, still, it's like I paid ten bucks for this, nine bucks for all these figures, and it's like. Right. You pay just like Victor said pay what you want you know what you feel comfortable with and go from there I never thought I would ever go over $250 for anything per item and then I realized there's stuff I wanted that was worth it you know 500 or something generally not oh, over yeah. but you got it you have your limp spain limits i'm not trying this is not trying to be the cult following financial advisor <laughs> no. hour but right. at least you know but i mean really in the end it's just stuff it's, yeah. You can't take it with you. It's not gonna matter in the end. Get the enjoyment out of it. I'm I'm, I'm learning to let go. <laughs> well, that's that's, so that's the whole thing. Like uh, it turned out when I bought the Jack Burden figure, the part of the reason it was so cheap is because it was from here in Arizona. And it turned out that one of our I bought the guy I bought it from ended up being one of one of the guys who comes to our screenings. Nice. He runs the. Uh, the toy anxiety. Oh, sure. And he's like, oh, yeah. I wish I'd known you, you were the one buying it. I t- would have, you know, thrown in something. But I'm like, no. He's just like, yeah, I mean, I had it for a long time. I love that movie. But I just, you know, I figured they w- I knew they were getting more expensive. Mine are just sitting in a box. I figured someone else right. would enjoy them more. And I look at mine every day because it's like right over my desk. So One thing I always support collecting is Legos. And I'm, I'm glad to see you, Adam, are getting into some uh, some Legos because I think Legos are it's really awesome because number one they're fun to put together, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like not just a toy. Well, they're that like you therapeutic buy. too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really is. I mean, you're you're not just getting something in a box and displaying it, but it's something that you get to play with for depending on the size of the set you buy, two to twelve hours, mm-hmm. you yep. know, after you get it. And I think that's awesome. But Legos are not limited. They obviously don't need to be because they've got the Lego name, you know, but they also incredibly hold their value. Like, I've never seen a single Lego set that does not go up in value over time because when they stop manufacturing something, they stop manufacturing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, I've been trying to complete my Monster Fighters collection for quite a few years now. Which ones are you missing? Uh, well, we, we can wheel and deal yeah, after let's, this. But, yeah. Let's talk because no, I, I mean, like, it is. Set. But I do think that they, you know, it's cool that they, they took a risk on that. It's too bad they didn't do it a couple years down the line because I think right. they have a market. But there's everything is uh, you know there's there's always gonna be markets for everything and stuff and people are always gonna have different opinions it's cool that like here we have stores like toy anxiety and zia and places that sell mm-hmm. stuff yeah that you can get some great values on and i mean i just you know it, it's kind of like i collect video games as we've had this episode just recently on video games and it's like I um I tried to you know now trying to do in the wild collecting no mm-hmm. more eBay agree some things are eBay support only local it's too. it's in yeah. support yeah. local and that's a big thing I'm trying to do with all my collecting well if possible. yeah and like AZ Collectors Marketplace also has a lot yeah. of 
Yeah. You know, I, I like I bought a like the original Krang in the Walker. I oh, got it for awesome. like it was complete and it was like eight bucks. Right. Well, and that's and I think that's something that we do kind of miss. You know, I think I think we should definitely talk about it when we're talking about internet culture. Right? Mm-hmm. Is we have that thing of okay, well here's this thing and I'm going to order this thing I want. But more than that, it's you didn't know you wanted this thing, but I sent you an email and showed you a picture. Now you want it. Well, yeah, especially know? with like Instagram, like because you know there's people who whole accounts is like posting toy like and i have people who i do it too like i'll right. post so toys from sure. my collection and sure. be like oh my god i totally now for- i gotta get that yeah yeah totally so, like there's this one guy from uh, japan who follows me i think it's tosagi underscore nwo and he posts all these like uh Japanese like wrestling figures and right. those like, kind of like see-through gelatin <laughs> monsters like vinyl toys I don't know what they're called right they look kind of like Godzilla but they're sort of see-through and they're like a bunch of different colors but like and he posts those and like 30 40 people like, um you're talking about uh kaijus just yeah, yeah kaiju yeah. toys yeah that's yeah. actually the show that i went to out in albuquerque was a kaiju show yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, mutant vital hi- hardcore um show um and uh brant peters but yeah absolutely you know the whole the feeling of going to this place like arizona collector's marketplace mm-hmm. and not knowing what you're going there to buy and just looking around and saying "Ooh, i like that that's cool or oh i remember that you know i mean whether it be a, a an et collector's glass from burger king or mm-hmm. whether it be i don't know i found uh some some tron um kubricks that i didn't even know existed yeah. you know i had a few tron kubricks but they had some of the guards you know and i was like oh that's cool i didn't know they made those you know so i think that's something that we do kind of miss and it's it's kind of like that idea with um you know we get movies on demand and we always choose what we want and we kind of lose that feeling of oh well what's on tv you know and there's that that kind of feeling yeah. of or, or going to the video store and browsing that i think not only supporting local but just give yourself the gift of not knowing what you and want and then well, when you then, meet people is the best part when well, you're yeah and it. that's that's yeah. the whole thing like i mean one of the things i miss about video stores i'm sure like adam and kirby will agree is like you go to a video store and like a clerk like hey i really like this movie do you right. know any other movies that are like kind of like that like oh you might like this one it's about da 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 and instead we have netflix has replaced that ne- the knowledgeable video store clerk with an algorithm right right you know and it's like it's not the same thing yeah. and red and that algorithm is wrong like yeah it's, it's, mine is wrong hundred yeah. percent of the time like, i'm not interested in watching this yeah <laughs> yeah you know totally. and it's funny we're like with shutter now which is like the the horror streaming thing i have from amc um they do a thing where like you once you turn it on it's like or like the wwe network where like it has a thing that mimics like watching a cable channel like there's movies like playing like as a playlist of today's programming right you know for for those people who like oh i maybe i'll put that in my queue the queue which has become meaningless as time has gone on it's oh, like yeah. movies you mean to get to but then they disappear right. a month later because they didn't renew right. the we like price. to also call that my amazon wish list <laughs> <laughs> i currently think hit like 750 items wow yeah so i don't so yeah. adam do you think we should start wrapping this yeah we up? gotta start wrapping up all yep. right yep. All right. Well, I guess maybe make this a little different. Kurt, we can go around. What's something that uh, you are into, or that people that you think people should check out if they want to start collecting something? Like something you collect that you like. Oh, you might like this. It's cool. 
I I literally collect everything. I, I so it's like it's really hard. What I do though is I I really try to be. All I can say is is more of a generalist. I try to be open to stuff. I always I sometimes I go back. Like two years ago, I got back into trading cards. So I like to look for like really obscure stuff. I think the mm-hmm. kind of thing you were talking about is like uh, that Joshua mentioned is like I look for both vintage and finding things I never heard of. Like I had no idea they made one. And then it's also like some new like independent stuff and a lot of trading cards because it's pretty cheap to manufacturers there but i would say my two like interesting collections that most people don't talk about and i could go on forever on all of them but i'll keep it short and sweet the one i got really into and it's real weird for me because i'm vegan was i'm actually super into like wet specimens and taxidermy right now so i'm starting to find ethically sourced stuff uh if you find a jackalope I want a jackalope. All right, I'll keep keep an eye out for but, you. You know, take a picture and send it to me first because I'm very particular. <laughs> I, I understand completely. Okay, we'll, we'll see uh, what's continue possible. on. Possible. We'll see what other cryptozoological items I can find for you. <laughs> Possibly a jarred Mongolian death worm. Um, but no, it, it really is like it's a very interesting stuff. It makes me feel um, a connection to what items I have because it's like. I kind of give them new life. Like I appreciate them and I, I feel a closeness to nature and stuff. It's sounds real bizarre, but it just, um, you know, a friend got me super into it and, um, a dear friend. And it's just, it's just awesome. It, it really is enjoyable. It's just hard to keep up because it's something that there's a lot. So you really got to pick the pieces you want. Um, I'm really trying to think garbage pill kids. I have completely taken over my life. It's 30th anniversary this year too much. Um, but really, uh, I just, I, I love stores. Like we just mentioned all the stuff like Zia Bookman's collector's marketplace. I, I find something and then I want to know all about it. And so, um, I'm big into collecting stuff from history right now. I'm hugely into murderbilia, which is something I probably shouldn't admit <laughs> too much out loud, but, um, I, I'm fascinated by true crime and serial killers. So, I mean, I try to have more mundane, uh, not mundane, but like um, something like a Pop Funkos. I collect Pop mm-hmm. Funkos, and they're next to my um, Charles Manson hair. <laughs> that's that's just the way it works for me. So I just I'm not, I'm not even gonna go. I, I know you're not. It's <laughs> it, it is what it is. But I just um you know. But I really also am trying to be practical. I own mm. 16 video game systems. And I'm now trying to cycle them into playing them. Right. I have a 3DO. Nice. Why do I have a 3DO? I have three games for, for history. it. For history. But it's for history, right. and that's what it is. And Somebody um, has to. So, yeah. you know, enjoyable. But um, yeah. I don't know, man. Who wants to go next here? Adam. We got Adam. What do you got? Uh... You have an, oh, which, I, I by the way, is an amazing collection that we're looking at every yeah, time we yeah, do this podcast. Yeah, awesome collection. You know, and this is more like, well, a lot of what you see in my home has been more of like an adult collection. I got rid of a bunch of stuff. I used to, I used to get a lot of stuff when I was a kid or uh, demand a lot of things when I was a kid. And I, and I, was, I was spoiled um, quite a bit. Thank you, Mom and Dad. But there was a time where I just did not collect anything or I got rid of a lot of my stuff. Um, and just kept on to maybe just a few, few things. Um, so really, the way that I kind of changed my mind is I just kept the stuff that um, really meant something to me. I didn't really have the impulse of going to a store and then seeing something and, and like just impulse buying. Uh, I do that a little bit more now. 
um, just because my wife is an enabler and we enable each other in, in that <laughs> way. And we have fun and we like to talk about our stuff. But one of the things that I really love collecting, it's and it's a niche thing, and this is one of those things where it's fun to go and seek this stuff out, is a band called uh, Daisy Chainsaw uh, that later became Queen Adrena with Kitty Jane Garside uh, and Crispin Gray were the kind of the core uh, that went through uh, both those bands. Um, they're not around anymore. They're kind of like on this weird hiatus thing. They kind of do that throughout the years. But it's a UK band, not very well known in the States. Um, I have so much of their stuff that is like you you can't even, uh, you can't find it um or as one-offs, or as just something that was uh, special to the band. I bought and stuff directly from them uh, that you just can't. I mean, no one, no one in the world has it except for me now, kind of thing. And that's really cool. Um, it's not a limited edition of five hundred; it's a limited edition of one. Wow! And I have a lot of that stuff, and I and I battle people in the UK. Uh, there's a couple people in the U.S. that I keep seeing the names over and over again, and I'm like, "Ooh, I'm gonna outbid you," you know. And and <laughs> most of the times I do, it's just like I don't give myself a governor on those. I'm like, I'm going full on, and I'm gonna <laughs> get this nice. just to have it. And I don't really have a lot of that stuff on display. It's just for my own satisfaction of having, you know, like it's like Smeagol, you know, and or you know, just sitting in the corner and having, you know, that that preciousness right. for myself. So it's finding your preciousness and. <laughs> You know whatever that means to you right totally um yeah i don't know if i i uh i collect a, a lot of different things but usually i just when there's something there's like a few things that that there aren't a lot of things for and so i will always buy whatever it is so it's uh the max sam keith's the max i'm a huge mm -hmm. huge fan um and so if there's a max thing i'm gonna get it and luckily there aren't a lot of max things so i'm able to do that also the same thing with sergio aragone's grew the warrior grew the wanderer i'm the same way you know yep. i'll just kind of get whatever i can find grew um but you know really probably my my favorite thing to collect is um is uh, obscure um merchandise kind of weird things of certain things so like um for example i've got a uh, star wars a return of the jedi like vintage like most of the stuff i want to be vintage but like it's a pocket comb it's like got this little little pocket comb which like flips open and it's got a mirror and it's got a comb and it's got slave leia on it <laughs> um you know and like or i had a friend that went to japan recently and i was like you know i want you to get me something really obscure nintendo and he brought back he, he you know scored a 10 out of 10 it was great a um like a super mario brothers um electronic thermometer um which was just amazing and so um you know it's stuff like that i like i like to collect just really just kind of obscure just like why would somebody make this you know i mean <laughs> if i could find like a hellraiser toothbrush you know something mm -hmm. like that would be incredible um so yeah that's the kind of thing i like uh, you know like mondo vinyls and stuff like that you know but but yeah yeah totally obscure vintage is kind of where i go for Mm. yeah i mean i used to collect a lot of mondo stuff and i ended up like pretty much selling all of it like it was funny because i had some like really hard to find stuff like when they did the first like road show where ollie moss did all the posters for it right. i went to the one uh the very first one which was Quentin tarantino doing jackie brown in la and they we got like the vip seats so they gave all of us like a wristband to meet Quentin tarantino afterwards and they gave us a set of like postcards which are just postcards of all the prints in the series they were free and I ended up with, like, a bunch of sets of them. And I ended up, like, put... I was, like, literally, this was, like, the point where I was, like, Mondo saturation. I put one up, 
and like it sold for like two hundred dollars like a day later and right. then finally i was just like put them off and this one guy like bought all of them mm-hmm. so and then so i just like this is like eh, i don't want them any of that stuff anymore so basically the only prints i collect anymore are like um like event posters for shows and things i actually went to um so like you know i have like a like a ghoulish gary pull in like uh deep red like screen print from like the goblin show that they did out here in tempe i have like uh like a screen 18 by 24 like mighty boosh screen print from like um the secret show that myspace did at the roxy that i went to like the last time i went out to la mighty boosh yeah <laughs> the last time i went out to la i went to go see the meltdown with uh, jonah and kumail it wasn't one of the ones that was like taped um so i just and i know jonah ray because we've hung around like yeah he's not my friend but we've hung around so like uh i hung around and yeah i got every comedian that performed that night to sign in then i got it framed in my house you know cool yeah and then like you know me and ruby went to like uh like a coop like art show at lulu bell like a few years ago where Mm -hmm. there were like literally four people right and like i got gus grimley coop and all of them to like sign you know the event poster for it i have that framed and i just collect weird art books i my friend andy goes to japan all the time um so i I asked him to get me a rock and jelly bean art book that you could only buy in like um like a certain district in japan and they only had X amount of copies, and he got it for me, and it was, like, you know, freaking awesome. Other than that, you know, like, I collect movie toys. Just, like, you know, just of movies that I like, and I collect certain box sets of movies that I like. And, like, one, of the, I guess the only, like, odd thing I collect along the lines is, like, I'm buying, like, these Jax wrestling figures. Like, Jax is a company that used to make WWF toys, like, in the 90s and early 2000s. Jax Pacific? Yeah, Jax Pacific. So I'm collecting the ECW figures they made, um, and just so I can have, like, the roster of all the ECW wrestlers that I liked, and just have that kind of on my shelf with my, like, wrestling DVDs of that era. That's, like, my specific thing I collect. You know, and then there's this company now, um, wrestlingsuperstore.com they're doing a yeah basically a legends of wrestling line and then like they're going and they're doing like just incredible and new jack all in that jack specific style like well at least now this collection will continue right (laughs) you know so yeah very cool I, I'm just, I want that Hellraiser toothbrush, man. Oh, right. <laughs> we'll tear your plaque apart. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a perfect way to end this. Amazing. So, yeah, thanks again for listening through our, like, collecting and catch-up edition, the 19th episode of Cult Following. As always, tell your friends about us. We are on iTunes. Um, you know, fi- find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. You know, subscribe. You'll get your ep- the episodes as soon as they're posted. Um, you can always find us uh, on the World Wide Web at cultfollowing.co. We want to thank our friend John Mapes for the awesome Cult Following song. We haven't given him enough credit lately, I think. And that sh- song just rocks. Um, you can join us on September 26th for the next Cult Classics event, which is They Live! 
Yeah. They live. We sleep. I think Obey. it's twenty six. All out of bubblegum. You, you'll find you'll find uh, all the info on cultclassicsaz.com because that's that's the site where you know to go to all, get all the info. September twenty sixth, I believe, is the date. And uh, you know we'll have some awesome giveaways: sunglasses, bubblegum, perhaps some green screen photo booths, and all that smooth jazz listening i don't know but uh <laughs> we're starting to get a little loopy guys forgive me there and uh yeah coclassicsaz.com check out zia they'll have tickets as well and to wrap this up i'm one of your four hosts today victor marino kirby nelson and i'm Markowski. joshua t ruth and don't eat after midnight stay hungry eye of the tiger